Second Corinthians chapter three, and I'm reading to you from verse one. Maybe I'll just do the NKJV so that it's a bit easier. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle from Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is of the heart. I know I may be reading very quickly, but get the general gist of what I'm trying to say. I'm not, not really... Uh, I think you had a Bible study yesterday. I'm not really breaking it down, you understand? And I just want you to get a thought, at least from this time that I'm sharing. And we have such trust through Christ. This is verse 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. It means we are able by God. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. I want you to see this. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. I want you to see that both of these things are ministries. God has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Ministers of the new covenant. Of the new testament. A new covenant. A new dealing. Now we all understand that there is the old testament and the new testament. When you're just, you know, reading your Bible, you say, is this in the Old Testament? But you need to understand, it's like saying the old will, the old dealing and the new dealing. Hmm? A covenant is like an agreement between two, two persons, right? Two or more persons, whatever the parties in play. So we had an Old Testament and a New Covenant, a New Testament. My question is, what does a minister under the New Covenant or New Testament look like? And I remember I read to you James to show you how that what you say, what you preach is important. Which why it says, let's not all desire to become teachers or preachers or ministers. Because there's a harsher judgment for them. Why? Because you're educating others. So others are also living kind of off your faith, of the things that you're teaching them. So you have to teach the right things. You have to teach accurately. But I'll, I'll show you some, some things you would know where some things have gone wrong. And you'll be able to check but he says, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. He says, there's a ministration that kills. And there's a ministration that gives life. I pray to God that you really, really understand what I'm saying. Okay? 7, verse 7. I hope you're looking into your Bibles. I can't see the chat right now, so I'm just going to assume that people are following. Okay? Verse 7 says, but if the ministry of death, the ministry of death, there is such a ministry, written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadfast, steadfastly or steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? I'll explain, don't worry. For the ministry of condemnation, I want you to see that the same ministry of condemnation is the same ministry of death. I think there's a question whether this topic is a bit hard to understand. I know for some people, you know, you know this kind of crowd, you just say, okay, is it really... But try to follow, okay? For some people, they, they feel your understanding. I would say, just think twice. Just keep thinking. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even that, even what was made glorious, had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. Okay, can I, can I break it down a little more? Who is following what I'm saying so far? Who's following? Everybody, is everybody following? Can you at least hear me? You're following me? Good. 
So I want you to see that there are two types of ministries. Two types. Okay? Two types. And as a minister, you have to check within yourself. Check your message. What are you preaching? What is your ministration like? God made a covenant with, with Moses. Okay? He was going to do something with him. And there was animal sacrifice and, and all those things to, to seal that covenant. And he was working under that. Now, the Bible calls that ministry that happened under Moses' era uh, a ministry of condemnation. He brought about death. Why? How did it bring about death? Because it kind of highlighted their sins. Moses came with the Ten Commandments and everything. And it highlighted their sins. And like Paul said in Romans chapter 7, before they told me, don't do this, I did not know anything was wrong. But now that you told me, thou shalt not steal. Now I know that there's something like stealing. And so I could pro probably do that thing, and now condemnation will come on my heart. When there's condemnation, that's what is going to bring death. I'm happy some people, some people are getting it. I'm praying, as in, I'm, I mean, I'm, I say I'm seriously praying, you know, so that you really follow it and get it what, for what it's meant to be. So, there is now the ministry of the Spirit. We understand that the New Testament opens, you know, with, with Christians, everything, and the Holy Spirit comes down, and, and we receive the Holy Spirit, was was speaking in tongues, all that beautiful stuff, right? And... There is now the ministry of the Spirit. Now, what kind of minister are you? What kind of ministry are you executing? That's my real question. I spoke about discernment and all these things because there is a tendency. I want to talk more English now so we will be able to follow there's a tendency when you get deep into stuff to become very conscious of the spiritual. Meaning, you become conscious that our world is not only controlled by the natural factors. But one thing that God will have you be careful uh, about is all of a sudden, your ministry and your, you know, as your ministry, you start to, though you are in the New Testament, though you are in the ministry of the New Covenant, your, the fruits of your ministry are bringing the kind of that Old Covenant. Death. Let me give you an example. One of the things the Holy Spirit gives us is foresight. We're able to tell, oh, this is happening, this is what's going on right now, this is what the devil is doing, this is da 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 a few things to ask yourself. When I minister, what are people like? Are they condemned after? Is it just there? Can everybody else hear me? I can just see a comment that says, I can't get you properly. But when we minister, what are people like? Do we minister fear? You know, sometimes we say, there are some deaths planned. Or we say, the enemy is afflicting people with sickness now. Or we say, uh, I see business going down. The economy is about to have a shift. All these things are signs that you are becoming perceptive spiritually. And we respect it, we love it. Okay? But 
Is that the end of your ministration? That's that's what I'm asking. Hmm? All Moses was able to do, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. If you do, you will die. Okay, great. Can I can I show you? Can I distinguish something for you? Good. Zego paradite. Who knows the story of David? How he messed up with uh, Uriah's wife. Let me tell you a bit of the story for those who don't know. David was was sitting somewhere, right, and he sat there from a distance. A woman taking a shower, and his mind instincts kicked in, and he said, "Oh my God, I must have this woman." He was a king. I must have this woman today. So he called her. And he slept with her. Obviously, this was the wife of uh, one of his chief commanders. Okay. My instincts, honestly, is speak for the men. So he slept with her, and now she, there's a problem. She's pregnant. Huh? So for time after that, he keeps trying to uh, get Uriah to sleep with his wife so that he could fake that the baby was from them. It was from both of them. Do you understand? He was trying to fake that. But Uriah was not digging it. So you know what David did? Oh, David, how could you be like this? David now sets up Uriah to be killed in battle. He tells his men, set Uriah at the front of the battle so that the first attacks and everything from the enemy will kill him first. Imagine, he became a murderer. So not only an adulterer, a woman stealer, a lustful person, he joins murder. I want you to see the kind of gangster living. But that's not my focus. Um, Uriah's wife gives birth okay they have a son sadly because of his thing God is about to judge him for it um, and so the child gets sick who knows what David now resorted to doing he started fasting he was fasting and praying because of this child that was sick hmm? and what happened was eventually the child died alright and he stopped fasting. He carried his things. He had been mourning several days because of the child, but once he saw that the child died, he went away and started eating. And all his servants were surprised that his mood would change so quick. You know, for somebody that was panicking about this child before now. He, they asked him why. And David responded to them. He said, when the child was here, I fasted because maybe God will show me mercy and deliver this child. I want you to carry this into into your life, just put it into any place. Maybe you've been asking God for something. I want to, you to understand something. Hmm? He said, but now that the child is gone, there's nothing I can do about it. I want you to know that. I wish I could read it to you, but I don't have the time. Like I said, I'm rushing. I'm really rushing right now. He said, I don't, I can't, I can't do anything. It's just left for me to go and meet the child where the child is. So I'll die and I'll meet this child where they are, since they have died of this sickness. Obviously, God punished him because of this thing. Now, Somebody can take this. We are all ministers. I promise you, you're living here with increased wisdom, grace, and the Holy Spirit will perfect this work. Hmm? So, some ministers, some people will read this and immediately take it that, oh, well, once a person dies, there's nothing we can do about it. They're gone. After all, even David. So let's hope for the best. Good. I wonder where you go stopped in the story. Or change your position. I love, everybody really wants me to, you're getting the message. I'm happy your attention is peaked. Good. Now, 
because of this thing that happens, I don't know why you stopped in the story, but David said that there's nothing I can do about it. I have to go. Now, some ministers are going to carry this David story because remember, faith is based on the word of God. It's based on the word of God. So, meaning if you're asking God for something, you need to look for uh, credibility, validity in the word of God. And that is like what you're hinging on. A minister now wants to preach to his congregation, um, whatnot, or somebody brings a case of a child that's sick or anything, and they carry that. And they say, well, since the child has gone, the hospital announced that he's dead. Oh, there's nothing I can do about it. That minister has made a huge error. You know why? Because within the dispensation, the old covenant that David was in, there was nothing he could do about it. Within that dispensation. David was somebody that understood covenants. He, he understood what was possible in his era. I'm not saying that nobody was raised from the dead in the Old Testament because I was still reading some things, all right? But that was for that era. When Jesus came with a new message of the kingdom, with a message of the Holy Spirit, one of the first things that he said for the disciples to do as soon as he sent them out, he said, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, heal the sick. It's one of the first things that was mentioned. A lot of times you would not appreciate the New Testament if you don't understand how limited the Old Testament was. Very, very limited. I'm trying to say, what does a minister look like in the New Covenant, in the New Testament? Many of the arguments and things that people use to dispute God, to doubt God and, and everything, is within. it was within the Old Covenant. They are valid only there. And if you base your faith off that, you will be limited. Listen, you cannot express more power. You cannot be more than what you know is possible. Exposure. Exposure is key. You will not ask God for more than what you think he is able to give you. And why am I putting the pressure on ministers like this? Because we are, we are the ones that kind of determine where people's faith will be at. Uh, First Corinthians chapter 2. From verse 1, Paul said something. He said, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellency of words, but I came with the demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but it will rest in the power of God. Meaning Paul understood that as a minister, he determines the character of his people and where their faith will lie. It's why I tell my leaders here, I say, if we win people, by Domino's Pizza. Something else will take them by Domino's Pizza. If we win people by using Greek and Hebrew, some other Greek and Hebrew preacher will come and use Greek and Hebrew to steal them. If we win people by the Holy Spirit and power, it will take a power greater than the Holy Spirit, of which there is none, to win them. Are you understanding? Ministry is tactical. You can't just go for what is working in the moment. Do you understand? You have, you have to be smart. I've been in this to understand. Listen, you can set up yourself for some serious heartbreak. Unnecessary heartbreak. You don't need it. Okay. So that's why I said, what kind of minister are you? I really pray that you get this. Like, you're so blessed to, to hear this. Because I believe so much in every single person that's here. And so ministering on this platform, and even as you go out, ask yourself, what kind of minister am I? 
in my ministration, does it bring the limitations? Um, do I minister under the limitations of the old covenant? Or do I really understand, you know, you, you appreciate the new when you understand the old. Do I really understand what that was like? And now I can minister effectively under the new covenant. Now, if the new covenant was better than the old, then we need to see the glories of the old. Do you understand? To know how great this new one will be. That's what all that talk in 2 Corinthians about glories was all about. He says, if the glory was shining on the face of Moses, is one that fades away, because that was an old covenant, it was done away with. He says, how much more glorious would the ministry of the Spirit be? Do you understand? So, you start to inquire in the old covenant, what were the wonderful things that happened there? So that I know that this is meant to be child's play to me. What I'm meant to be doing here is much bigger. Do you understand? So you start to look for great people there. I'm telling you how you set up your faith as a Christian for more. Do you understand? You, you start to think big. You start to think big because you're like, nah. If Jesus Christ was so great, they were so shocked at his miracles. Yet, they were able, you know, Jesus said, Nevertheless, those that come after me, greater works than these shall they do. How are you going to do greater works if you've not even seen the ones that he was doing? And let me tell you, I know that there is a problem in the body of Christ right now. And circulate is in many circles. Because they don't, they don't really, they don't, they're not really looking at what he did. Instead, we're backward. There are things I look at, there are debts I look at and I, and I say, God. Would I even have time to read all these things? As I'm seeing the time, the time has finished. Lekos bondes penogufash paradicte. This 30 minutes, you know me, in my mind, I'm just saying two. Two minutes. Eh? Uh, okay, 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 okay. James 5.16. James 5.16 tells us about the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, which tremendous power available. Then in verse 17, he comes to tell us about a, a man named Elijah. Imagine in the New Covenant, we're talking about a man named Elijah. I Meaning Elijah is a wonderful guy. Hmm? He says that by his prayer, he stopped the rain. He stopped the rain from falling. What kind of minister are you? What kind of Christian are you? Are you the one that, okay, there's a wedding about to happen. And in the spirit, you are seeing rain. Hmm. It seems some rain makers, some witches and wizards are planning that this wedding will not go well. And all you do is alert the people that there will be rain. Or are you like Elijah? Who stopped the rain? And the same Elijah brought back the rain. Don't allow any person that seems to be wise tell you that God does act anyhow. He just does whatever he wants. He's the supreme and omnipotent. Let me tell you something. God works with people. He works with people. The human body gives expression to the invisible spirit. Do you understand? What kind of minister are you? Do you stop at the declaration that brings fear? Or do you say, nevertheless, I have prayed for you? What was, what was Jesus like? When he knew Peter was going to betray him. So, so, so what did he say? He said, Peter, the devil has sought to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. Are you that kind of person? Do you, do you get to that point? Or you just say, hey, Peter, the devil has sought to sift you like wheat. And then Peter, on administration of death, Peter is panicking. The devil is going to use me. Oh, the devil is going to use me. Hey, the devil is going to use me. 
Are you seeing the demonstration? There's a lot of fear, condemnation, death in the Old Testament. That's all that's preached. That's all that's talked about. In the New Testament, we, we operate by a higher authority, a higher rule. And if you don't know about it, you'll be limited as a minister. And then because of what you are preaching, you would also limit the people that are listening to you. This is why we have weak Christians, weak Christianity, weak ministers. We'll limit how much God would have expression. Luke 18, the Bible says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, would he find faith in the earth? It's a question he's asking. When he comes, would he find faith? Have you ever asked yourself, would he find faith? Why would, why would Jesus be so worried about finding faith? Because, and it's because people are so limited. They, they, they don't really see what it's meant to be. One more of observers. Observe, observation Christianity. We just observe. Just observe. Hey, the devil is doing a new one. Hey, new virus, new strain, new this, new that. Christian response, nothing, no response. You just see things happen. And let me tell you, don't think that God will just appear. You know, all this evangelism, you have people that will be telling you uh, that if God is so good, why are people born with cancer? If God is so good, why is this? Why did this person die? Listen, it's because God uses people, though. Hmm? He uses people to, to, to achieve things. He told you, heal the sick. Tia Lossborn said something. There's two things, there's two things that God would never, two prayers God would never answer. I've not listened in a long time, but he said the first one is what he's already given you to do. What he has already given to you, rather. If he has already given you, he will not answer it. It will be like, he's silent. And then, I want you to see something. You as a minister, you will not make a whole sermon about what to do when God is silent. Why? He is not silent. It's just that he has given you. But you will make a whole series because you are expressing a silent moment, not knowing that maybe what you have is already with you. I want you to see where the issue of grace has come in. The second prayer that God will never answer is what he has told you to do. If God has told you to heal the sick in the scriptures, some of you are waiting for vision, waiting for vision. If God has told you to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to do all these things, I want you to understand that he will never do it. Do you understand? You will pray to him forever about it. You will not see it. You will go and make a whole series. What to do. You know, you're making things. But it was all you. Why is this so dear to me? I'm one person that God has allowed to experience a lot of things deal with a lot of things and I had to learn some things by experience I learned some tough lessons I wish I could tell of whether it's sick people I've prayed for whether it's paralyzed people like all sorts of things because the Bible see the experience of Christianity I want I want the one that's inside the Bible I don't want just uh, all Christianity is about is uh, we're trying to avoid our sins and uh, we're trying to make heaven and uh, no I want the real single that's, that's me this issue is very serious. Second Kings chapter four, because of the time I'll, I'll just be telling you the stories. Second Kings chapter four, we read about Elisha. Hmm? Mighty prophet, schooled under this Elijah that was stuck in the ring. I need to understand that we have to outdo past generations. If you've not read church history, if not read, if you've not read about such men like Smith Wigglesworth, see, you're a minister. And you've not read about Smith Wigglesworth. You've not read about uh, uh, Gordon Lindsay. You've not read. Books like, uh, you've not read or, or just seen sermons, Kenneth Hagen, T.L. Osborne, Oral Roberts, A.A. Uh, Allen. If you, if you don't know these names, 
Sorry, you are missing out. Do you know what I'm saying? You must know them. I know it's very intimidating. When somebody just releasing you, you wish you knew your history textbook like that. But the thing is, if you don't know these people, you'll not know what God has done in the past and how much more is possible with you. There's something called uh, exposing yourself to possibilities. As in, no time to really... But I want you to see these things. Great leaders are readers, for sure. You need to know these people so that you see what was happening with them and ask yourself, what should your Christian thing look like? This is for Christians who... When you now become a minister, it's a different, it's a different case. It's a different case. Second Kings chapter 4. We read about Elisha, schooled under Elijah. Elijah who parted sea. For Moses, he stretched hand and God parted. Eh? Moses cried first before the yet. Before he was God was able to tell him move. Elijah knew who he was. He just put his mantle and divided. Understand? So what happened? Elisha received the mantle and did the same. If you have not read the story, all I'm saying may be sounding a bit... Uh, but don't worry. This is, it's called exposure, okay? I tell people, when you're learning something, there's three levels to it. There's exposure, okay? There's attempting for yourself and there's mastery. So it's okay if you don't know all the stories, if you're not relating. Let me tell you, as you're exposing yourself to this information, it will become very, very quick with time. Just continuous exposure to the information. It is that clicking like magic. I just pray that this recording that I'm making right now is, you know, will be available for, for you guys. I really hope that uh, screen record on this iPhone, whatever, also records audio. Second Kings chapter four. Hmm? Elisha is faced with a widow woman, a, a woman rather, a barrel of oil. If you've heard of that story, how you know he helped multiply. She was talking about her problems. After that, the woman needed a son. Elisha did not educate her about why she doesn't have a son. Oh, a devil came and spoke to your mother, and what happened was, and what happened? You see, you have to be careful. What kind of prophet are you? Uh, a devil came and uh, it messed with your mother, and that's why your womb is closed. That is not the woman's problem. She wants a son. What kind of minister are you? So what happens? Elisha prays, and he tells her, according to the time of life, this year, you know, this time next year, you have a son. Like joke, like play. She had a son. After that, do you know what happens? Huh? This son dies because of his sickness. I want you to think about how a prophet could give you a son and the son will still die. Don't think that because God blesses you, you get nothing go wrong. No, 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 no. This son dies. The woman goes back. I love this. I love, I love the faith of the woman. The woman goes back. She says, Elisha. The prophet, sir, with all due respect, I'm left despondent. The son that you prophesied to me has died. Please, I'm left. The Bible records, 7 Kings 4, go and read this story. Elisha said, ah, really? Take my mantle. Huh? He told the servant, take my mantle, put on the boy. The boy didn't come back. <clears throat> he went himself and raised that boy from the dead. I want you to see how... Um, active his faith was a prophet is 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 nothing more let me put it like this than one who is filled with the holy ghost and speaks the words of god simple you know sometimes when you think of prophet you think you cannot be it it's like how when you see that scripture many are called few are chosen so most people that ask me questions about it they've already put themselves 
outside the chosen class. They say, eh, many of you are chosen. So me, I'm just in the outside class. Hmm. With God, desire is qualification. If you want it, you are there. That's how God works. It doesn't work with, mm, I've, I've got from here. Uh, this is the one I want. This is the one. Mm, mm, mm. Desire, desire, desire. So, Elijah, Elisha, brother, gives us on. He dies. Still, raise the boy from the dead. My question for you, where does your faith and power as a minister stop? I see a lot of people, once the machine goes, you know, as per the person has, has, has transited, there's no hope, there's no pulse, there's no this, there's no that, bam, that's where all our faith is dead. You had faith to be, to be praying when the person was still alive. Hmm? Once the person passes, that's where your faith ends. Why? Are you not aware that Jesus delayed in the in the healing of Lazarus? He in fact he waited for him to die. Go and read your Bible. John chapter 11. Lazarus was sick, he didn't attend. He waited 4 days. Could God's delay be that he wants to show himself in a greater way? Could it? He waited for 4 days to pass before he said, "Okay, let's go and see Lazarus." And he told his disciples, "Lazarus is sleeping." Because before that they had not seen they had they were used to Jesus Raising, you know, healing the sick. They knew, they knew, they knew. He could raise himself. Of course, he could. He could raise a person that was lame. He could somebody that was bedridden. They were used to all those ones. So Jesus needed to raise the standard so that people would understand something. He waited four days. And why did he wait four days? I'll just give you the revelation early. If these disciples, yet they couldn't see it. If they could see that after four days, huh, he could raise Lazarus from the dead. Should it be hard to believe that after three days he will come back? That's all, that's all he was trying to prove by waiting for this. Yet, when he died, they still felt like their whole lives were just over. They say, oh, our savior is gone. Anyway, but I want you to see how, how he was doing, hmm? how he was thinking, how, how he was moving. Why is this important? It's because I'm trying to say that you need to be conscious of the new covenant, be conscious of the power of it. Discover it, know the possibilities, and actually express it. I think it was earlier this year, somebody told me about uh, his wife. His wife had fallen into a coma, she had been having tumors, all kinds of things. Eventually she died. Now, they, needed one, they wanted me to be you know, praying concerning this, this situation while she was still alive and, and a lot of things. And I've been praying about it. Now, this woman had fallen. You know, when you're a student and all, you don't... Your, your time is very divided. You're not a full-time minister. So, things happen. But while I was praying in, in the moment, because she had died, but you know me, my faith doesn't rest. So, I you know, I kept praying, and I kept praying, and we prayed a day, two days, and we are just, you know, about this. The Lord took me in a vision. And He showed me something like a sea of people. A sea of souls. They were not, they were not, there were people that were not on this earth anymore. And he showed me, and he called them unclaimed souls. He says, the people that you see here are unclaimed souls. This thing I'm telling you is so important. You know, sometimes, you know, they think our Christianity is a joke. But he said, these are souls of people that we just allowed to go. It's not that they were meant to die. But all your ministers that you listen to, as soon as somebody dies, they say, well, the Lord had it that way. The Lord, it was his will. It was, it was. And this is how they train you. 
when you see somebody died, it was his will. It was his will. It was his will. Just educate you immediately that way. But I pray God will give you the same experience. Because it will change you. He said, these are all unclean souls. He said, we allow them go. Go and read about David Yonggi Cho and when his, his son died. Find out the, the story. Don't worry. I'm Jay's friend. You will see me often. But I'm trying to show you something. Because it's a serious problem. This thing I'm sharing with you. As in, I don't know. In, in a long time, my emotions have not peaked this way concerning this. It's a very serious problem. I ask, where are those who believed in the resurrection of the dead? Where are those who believed? Where are those who believed in the God who heals? Well, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? We have a way when we are very perceptive and discerning to be able to say, ah, there are deaths coming. Why can't you, as a prophet, as a minister, say, there are some deaths planned, but I cancel them in the name of Jesus? Why, why are you not like that way? Have you ever been, have you ever prayed? You know? I can't say, like Jesus, there's a plan about you. You, my sister, I've seen something in the spirit for you, but don't worry, I pray for you, it won't happen. I'm t I'm, see, I don't, I don't mean to step on anybody, but I'm, 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 please, just when you're in the presence of God like this, just try and humble yourself and just really. I'm trying to show you that this is the higher level. And the Bible says that there is no correction that will be given that is not grievous. You understand? Every correction pains the heart. You understand? Every correction pains. Every time God is calling you to a higher level, it, it, it pains your heart. But accept it like a good soldier and just say, I'm moving. I refuse to stay at the same level. I'm going to move. Start cancelling death. Start, start healing sicknesses. This is what we are meant to be about. Do you understand? You, you, you get yourself there. You start to think. And, and, and the truth is this. This is the fun of Christianity. When you really tap into this place, I'm telling you, you would love to be in church every time. You love to be in devotion. You, you, like, there's a new fire. There's a new fire, I'm telling you. You just you just love what's going on. Like, oh, I dream and I pray of, of days that we'll be sharing and discussing. Oh, this is what happened. This will, this will happen, you know. But I prayed. I prayed and this happened. I prayed and this happened. I don't have time to separate. There's something I wanted to separate for you people. And it was um, praying versus the fruit of prayer. You know, sometimes we, we want to pray about something. And we're like, let's pray for salvation of souls, for example. And all of us start praying. Now, if you check for yourself and you're honest with yourself, wait, if after you've prayed for salvation of souls, say you're praying for your family, let's start with your family because you can see your family. How many of you have prayed for salvation of your family and your family now got saved? All of a sudden. Okay, some people, some, some people have seen that. Good. What I'm trying to say here is this. There is a measure between praying about something and it actually happening. And not everybody has seen it. Blessed are you who have seen it. But there is a measure. 
It's like people that pray, Lord, bless me, bless me, give me a car, give me a car, or something like that. It's not always that they see the end of it. But there is there's something that comes in between. I wish I could, you know, kind of explain and share a bit more. Because it applies to different situations. But what I want at the end of the day is that you, everybody becomes, you come seasoned. Per situation, you know what to do. In every situation, you know what to do. You know the factors are there, and you can manipulate them to your favor. That's what you call a powerful person. A person that has tools, different tools for different jobs. He's not using one tool for the same. He knows. For this situation, this is what I would use. But, you understand? He can have results. When your faith is effective like that, you always have testimonies. You'd always be thankful. You Because, you can say, uh, I employed this. This is what I use. This is what I use. And it worked. Let me see. What else do I have here? So, I've told you a number of things, okay? Start reversing things. Right? Start reversing things. Start using your power in the gospel. Matthew 17, we have a story about, uh, about how the disciples couldn't cast out the devil. Jesus didn't come down from the mountain when he saw that they couldn't cast out the devil. And he says, ah, you people couldn't cast out this devil. Yes, because, you know, the devil's name is Lagbagwagwa. Uh, and uh, because of the devil, you know, this is a, he didn't start educating them about the devil. He cast out that devil. He said, oh, how long would I suffer you? And he said, bring the boy to me. And he healed that paralytic boy, uh, that epileptic boy. As he healed the boy, he went away. Why? Because that's a minister under the covenant. He doesn't educate and bring fear. He doesn't educate and bring worry, doubt. He doesn't do all this. Do you understand? He doesn't do that. Instead, he solves the problem. It was the disciples that came to him after and said, why couldn't we cast out that devil? Then he explained to them about the devil. But what we have a lot of the time is we have people educating us about the devil, educating us about how he works, his schemes, his plans, and the things that he's planning, you know, like devil's news uh, at nine. And, you know, Telling us all these things, and all we are filled with is fear, worry about our lives, about our future. But don't be that minister that only educates and speaks about the death and the things that are coming without completing it and saying, but don't worry. I have a testimony from God. This is, this is what shall happen. Do you understand? Okay. So he healed the multitudes. He did all these things. He did all these things. I'm, I'm, I'm summarizing nicely for you. Matthew 15... I was going to read some stories, but I just I, I know you're getting the picture. Read Jesus' life. So John chapter 1. What are the steps? You say, Brother Dikana, we've heard from you. Okay, what are the steps? What can I start doing? What can I start doing? I've already told you, expose yourself to more, okay? Expose yourself to more. Expose yourself to more of, of all things that are happening. Um, let me read you something. John chapter 1 from verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Beautiful. He was in the beginning with God. What was in the beginning? The Word was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, the Word. And without Him, nothing was made that was made, the Word. In Him was life. In the Word was life. And the life was the light of men. The life was the li In the Word is life. And the life is the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. No time. There was a man sent from God. I'll, I'll give you from verse 9. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now, what we have in John 1 is a story of the word. But I want you to see something. The first step in, you know, being a, taking advantage of this true ministry that you want to express is understanding this. In him, in the word, was life. And the life was the light of men. 
Now, we understand that this word became flesh. That's what we have as Jesus or in Jesus, right? Jesus is the word made flesh. He says that in the word is life. In this Bible that you're reading, there is life. There is, you know, the, the scriptures contain the word of God. So in this Bible that you're reading, there's life. And that life is the light of men. Now, as I'm sharing the word of God with you, light is being ministered into your life, right? The book of Psalms says that the entrance of the word of God gives light. Now, I said that as I'm, as I'm teaching you, there is exposure happening in your life, right? Good. So as you're exposed to this light, it opens up that possibility for you. Like, I just told you that this, 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 this. And now you know it's possible, so you can now start thinking in that direction. Your faith can be applied in that direction. The exact same way. When we read about the life of Jesus, light enters our life. It births in us the possibilities. We are now able to do the things he does. It's why you need enough light. How do you get that light? You need to read about his life. What was his life like? When you, when you read your Bible, do you, do you read things like, let me tell you things I noticed. Some people just notice, oh, Jesus had what? Long flowy hair. I don't even know what he saw it. But I notice things like, Jesus knowing their thoughts said, I know things like that. Knowing their thoughts. So I, 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 know, I have the capacity to know people's thoughts. The capacity there is there is a spirit in me that can that can be such uh so expository yes you, you start to know things like that look at his life look at his life study his life how was he Luke chapter 4 tells us tells us that he 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 went into the wilderness and he came out in the spirit and power great and he went about you know the synagogues when he preached uh-huh mm -hmm. when he preached the, his first sermon they rejected him the second sermon that he preached in a different city the bible says a demon cried out while he was preaching oh so that means that that atmosphere where he was preaching was supercharged okay so that means me as a minister when i preach there needs to be fire hmm? demons need to be uncomfortable where i am you're birthing possibilities you understand you're exposing yourself from his life you are seeing light huh and it's birthing you something Okay, and he cast out the devils with his word. You're not saying, oh, so my word should be powerful. These things that you're noticing. Now, one of the things, if you read in Luke chapter 4, I was going to read everything to you, but I'm just summarizing. One of the things that you notice in Luke chapter 4 that was said, I can see, five more minutes. Thank you guys, I love you so much. Okay, so one of the things that you notice in Luke chapter 4 from, uh, is, is that the Bible says that the people noted how he ministered and they had they said they had never seen anything like it they had never seen such a man talk with authority that word authority i wish i could show you you know but that word authority says is actually with ease there was a way that jesus moved with ease he did things with ease he had a certain authority that's what authority is there like an ease a grace a calmness a, a, an in control attitude not arrogant, but with ease. He had a certain authority. That's what the Bible says. Okay? So, you need to have that ease, that authority. That I'm in control mentality. Not despondent, not weak, not beggarly. There's so many things you could note from his life. But I said I'll give you a definition of a minister because I, I can imagine you're wondering who's a minister. And I'll have time for questions. If anybody, you know, I'll end it two minutes now. So that I'll get some questions in case anybody has a question. Who has a question? Just indicate. Just put something there. Let me know that you have a question. Who wants to? Want some small question? Um, brokenness, consecration. Mm -mm -mm. 
uh, I thought I'll give you a definition. That's my wonderful definition of a minister. Tikana. Good. All right. A minister, are you here? Is an usher of God's presence, power, love, blessings, and influence. This is just one of the definitions. There's lots of definitions you could get, right? but this captures some things that I'm trying to communicate with this message I'm teaching you. A minister is an usher. Now that usher is not a respected department in church, but you have to respect them because that usher, that usher name is big. He's an usher, meaning he's a he's a he's an entrance, he's a doorway. Right? He's a source, a channel of God's presence, power, love blessings and influence through a minister we will know God is present he would not sound like he too is, is trying to look for God he's trying to look for God which is why some other religions are very questionable but we will not get into the matter now hmm? through a minister you know God is present you know his power is real you know his love is wide and able you know his blessings are without number and they can be experienced. And you know his influence or grace can be felt. A minister under this new covenant is not one of fear, not of worry. He's not ministering fear. He's not ministering worry. He's not ministering condemnation without the power to free the convicted. That's a deep. He's not ministering condemnation without the power to free the convicted. So he will not just tell you, for your sins, you're going to go to hell. No, he'll say, no, but there is a way in Jesus Christ. Believe in him today. He's not a minister of death. His words won't bring death. They'll bring life. You have to be careful so that you don't stand in the place of, you know, one that's working a different way. As, as uh, the Lord spoke to, was it Moses or Abraham? Come up hither, meaning come up to my level. I'll tell you guys the same thing. Come up here. Couple to a higher level. See a wider scape. A higher scape of things, of life, of ministry. When you minister, let there be power. Let there be exposure. Do you understand? Let there be something big. You're a minister. Minister faith, hope, love. Do you understand? It'll, it'll make a huge difference. And the followers, the people that are listening to you, would have these things. Okay? So, exposure to the life of Jesus. That was one thing I mentioned there. And the next thing would be 7 Timothy 3.16, which tells you, all scripture is by the inspiration of God. Okay? And it's profitable to make you perfect in all things. 7 Timothy 3.16. I'll just paraphrase it really quickly. Okay? Really, really quickly. But I know that my point has been made. I trust the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, Anybody got any questions? Am I allowed to take any questions? Really quick. Am I allowed to take any questions? Just in case anybody have it, has anything to mention, talk about. I feel like some people would also have um, maybe personal questions and stuff. Maybe about something they're praying about, praying concerning, this kind of thing. I wish I could tell you that we can see. Eh? But I don't know about us, us streams. I'm talking about it. But um, Cabway, did I see that? Did I see your hand? Maybe we can. 
shoot. Any word to deliver? Maybe I've got off my thing here. Wait. Cool. Any word to deliver? What like? You mean a word from the spirit? Ah, so who want to hear something? Who want to hear something? I've been delivering. I've been delivering. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Chilla share, let me hear from you. So what 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 word can I get the first part again? What word would I want for somebody that feels discouraged? Yeah, what advice would you give them like they don't know what way to take? Hmm. About what? It depends on what they're confused about. What are they confused knowing, about? Knowing God like on the deeper level, you know? Okay, knowing God on a deeper level and they're confused, they don't know which way to go. Okay, let me let me talk like this. Generically, based on everything I've shared today, a person can feel, wow, there's still a lot in God for me to know. And it's easy to be overwhelmed. Hmm? But I would say just remember my three things that I've said. Alright? Exposure. Trying for yourself, attempting, and then mastery. You may not know it or not. It is possible that you were in this meeting and you did not understand a single thing I said. But trust me when I say that something has happened to you. Exposure. And the more you expose yourself to information, I keep telling people, um, you go from primary one to primary two, primary three, and university, everything. Did they give you an extra hand, an extra leg, an extra brain, an extra, no. It's just that when your, your body, your mind is forced to deal with harder information, it starts to break and form itself to kind of deal with harder information. The same way. Now that I've shared so many things, you're like, ah, there's a lot, there's some stuff for me to know in God. But don't worry. Huh? As you're exposing yourself like this, something is happening, your spirit is grabbing something. And one day it will click. It will just click like, wow. These things are actually true. These things are real. And you start to practice. And then if you feel, you know, discouraged or, or, or anything, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Another thing I would say, it may be deep, you know, uh, but I would say you kind of create the fun of your Christian life. Sometimes we have to be careful what we go after. Are we going after a feeling? Maybe the standard that you're setting for, for yourself is too fleshly for the faith life that God wants for you. Not everybody God uses visions, dreams, trances, and all these things to, to get to them. Sometimes, God takes you through a route of you can't see a thing. You can't see a thing. You're only trusting Bible. You will not have impressive stories like other people. Mm. You know, some people can tell you, last night God took me in a dream too, mm, and he took me into... But the true depth, they don't have it. Huh? So... If you're confused about God, anything, I'll say study the scriptures. I know the things that changed me in my life. And it was definitely spending a lot of time reading my Bible. Just keep reading, keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Keep reading, just keep knowing, keep knowing. And trust the Holy Spirit. Trust the Holy Spirit. He'll help you. He'll help you. He'll help you.
there's a prayer we pray one day for this devotion just for people everybody in the devotion when that day comes i'll pray that prayer you know um just i don't know whether to call it an you could call it an impartation or ministration of, of a certain grace but when we get to that we'll get to that you know of course under after you know i, I receive permission from your two or the, the many leaders that are here i love you all esther let me hear from you okay i'll take questions quicker now i'm so sorry esther let me hear from you and there's another person raising their hand I can hear you. Okay, great. Um, I for me it's not a uh, a question per se. I just wanted to say, um, thank you. So before this um devotion, I was trying to study, right? Wow. And it was like I was the spirit of God was telling me pray, 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 and I was like, okay, let me pray. But I got disturbed by someone, right? And so I came. Ready for the devotion, and when I just opened um, the the Zoom, I mean the Google Meet thing, like I was slain. And I don't know if some of you know Tanzi, but if you know if you know Tanzi, you know how she behaves when she's slain. Like I was literally shaking, screaming, and jumping. And it's because wow. what you've just preached today is powerful. Like it's the truth that this generation really needs to hear. And there's wow. so much fear in trying to preach that truth. You've touched a lot of things. Like even right now, I'm still shaking because the truth of your word, like of the word that was spoken today, truly, you see that light you were talking about, the the word of God is truth, you get. So now when you speak the truth, there's just that impartation of the glory. And many people I believe and I know, like their lives have been changed by this, um, sharing and I thank God for you for being courageous enough to stand up and preach what needs to be heard. So God bless you where you you've taken out from. May God pull back times two in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. May you never lack in Jesus' name. May God continue to give you the courage to keep standing and to keep preaching the truth of God's word in Jesus' name. Thank Amen. you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Thank you. God bless you so much. So many people are trying to reach me. These ones that are... Can you guys still hear me? People are trying to call me for American... Chisopa, let me hear from you. People are trying to call me for American Thanksgiving. I'm here talking with my brethren. Chisopa, let me hear from you. Up, I'm not doing too much, as I'm hearing from everybody. I just don't know when I'm... Okay, when okay, 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 okay. Uh, do you be a big one? Uh, Mr. Dikani, is not it, it can be compared to the old one that was 
so much god bless you chisoka thank you anybody is that all are we are we good i can still see your hand but i think that's two minutes each oh we're setting rules now i love this that's why we have leaders <laughs> i love it so are we all done oh let me read my comments of blessings please let me be receiving them amen may god bless me truly amen 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 i saw some other blessings i'm just receiving them my, me and my family, amen, amen, amen. So happy and actually laughing. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. For more in this great kingdom, the evidence of the Holy Ghost beside you. Thank you so much, amen. Please, if you have any questions, just speak out with the two minutes each that our leader has given us so that I know that you're speaking. If not, I can just close in prayer and just say bye-bye. Amen. Thank you. Okay, I'm listening. Um, I like what you said about uh, when a minister of what a minister of God is supposed to be like. Yeah. There's a scripture that the Holy Spirit was reminding me of where God says in the Bible that He makes His ministers a flame of fire. And when you understand the the workings of fire, fire is supposed to do two things: purify and consume. So every time, every time that we're, God, God necessarily doesn't want to always solve our problems. He wants to make us a flame of fire so that whatever problem is consumed within that fire. So, and when you spoke about light, just very hundred million percent true. Because the devil, people think the devil fears prayer. He really doesn't. He fears people who carry light, not prayer. And the only way you can carry light is because you have been made fire. Because fire first, you cannot have light without fire. It's impossible for a room to be lit up unless something is burning. So fire needs to burn. So that's the main reason why God makes you a consuming fire. The only person who met God in his true form is Moses. When he saw a burning bush, God says, I am a consuming fire, not I'm like a, fire, a consuming fire. He says, I am a consuming fire. So yeah, thank you very much. God bless. Thank you. It was a wonderful word. I learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you. That's really powerful. 
I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, this is our, our theory, our sharing, and then we have we should be having practicals and testimonies. Yeah, definitely should. Definitely should. I I have to skedaddle. Uh, some people are calling me, but it's the American Thanksgiving, so I would have to run away. But I would like to really, really thank Jay Nate for the opportunity. Thank you all for staying. All of you that stayed till this time, I really, really appreciate. Thank you for for listening, and I just pray that the Lord would continue to increase you, give you more and more wisdom, more and more wisdom, true wisdom, <laughs> try more true wisdom. Okay, more and more wisdom, and. You know, he'll show you the next level of your walk with him. The next level of your walk with him. It's so important in Christianity to keep elevating. To keep elevating. To keep elevating. To keep elevating. Keep elevating. Keep elevating. Chileshe, I really, really pray the very, very best for you. You know, I pray that God's favor in your life increases. Increases increases let it increase let it increase let your eyes behold the wonders of God behold the wonders of God do you have a prayer journal Chileshe Amen a prayer journal like when I've listed down prayers okay yeah something like that do you have that yes okay okay I pray for you, okay, that God will speak to you more audibly, all right, more audibly. Amen. And what I want you to do is to write more, write more, because the Lord is telling me that if you, if you write more, if you note things down more, the individual things, okay, more, he will show you more. Because what, what I heard him say is, he wants to show you his wonders. He wants your eyes to behold his wonders. But one of the things he needs is people that can note them down. He won't give it to he won't show people that are not noting, that are not taking notes. So make sure you do that. In your prayer journal. Um Mele Krof Okay, good. A generic word now, okay. One of the things the Lord is saying is that for many of you, where your prayer journals have been filled with prayers, it'll begin to fill with answers. Okay? It'll be filled with answers. It'll be filled with answers. And many of you now, your prayer journals will shift from just having prayers and prayers and prayers and requests. It'll change. You'll start to have the Lord speaking to you specifically about situations and guidance. And guidance. And guidance. And guidance. Some people with some very, very long, very, very voluminous prayers. Really praying and trusting God for a lot of things. But I pray that will be filled with answers. It will be filled with answers. Questions. People have questions. But he will give you answers. He will give you answers. Julius, you have more visions. I'm telling you. You would see more of the wonders of God. Clarity. He will give you clarity. 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 Oh, I don't want to really uh, be on this prayer. Prayer. When we're in prayer like this now. Start praying, praying, praying. We'll start a whole other segment of things. We'll have to start a whole other segment. But I'm thankful. God loves everybody. Thank you so much, Jay. I'm so thankful to the leaders. You guys have ushered in something. 
you know and next and higher level and things will just keep getting more and more glorious so thank you so much i'm going to run away i'm going to run away but thank you so much i love and appreciate every single one of you so much i'm hugging you from here don't worry spirit hugs spirit hugs i love you guys so much and keep flourishing honestly to have a devotion meeting every single day and loving god like this always remember that when we get to heaven jesus will say thank you for every time you pulled up to devotion always remember that say thank you for that time you pulled up to devotion for praying for that one just remember just remember he's going to thank you personally for that so work for him work for him serve him father i thank you in the name of jesus for every single person in this devotion you love them so much keep speaking to them lord keep blessing and increasing them increase their strength increase their power increase their knowledge of you give them give them the spirit of wisdom and understanding let the scriptures be open to them let them have encounters, visions. Let things happen when you read, when you touch the word of God. Let there be contact. Let there be deep fellowship. Let fire meet their hearts. Freedom. Freedom, Lord. Any held or bound in any part. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Ease. Ease. Strongholds are loosened in the name of Jesus. Strongholds are broken. you Lord Jesus I pray that you help them you help them I'm looking forward to when next I'll be here I'm looking forward to when next I'll be here but God is doing something in each one of you and something has started and I just pray that he'll perfect he'll, he'll perfect the work that he started in all of you I love you all so much honestly thank you so much I'll see you all in 2031 if the rapture doesn't happen before then I'm going to tell my people here love and appreciate you Bye-bye. Let me read my comments. Uh, Dave, yes. thank you so much for taking the time to come and share with us. You know, we truly, truly appreciate you. You know, this word has really spoken to me. And, you know, uh, I really love the part you said, um, desire qualification, you know. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'll see you all then. Bye-bye.